Welcome, welcome, welcome to a brand new episode of the Spiraling Podcast. I am your host, Jackson Wallace. I uh, usually have my friend, buddy, and pal, Jason Holland here with me, but sadly, Jason is not feeling very well. He is unable to make it. Um, so it's just going to be it's just going to be me and the guest today. My first kind of solo one-on-one podcast, so it should be, a, should be a really good time. But here today, we have Smitha Gunturi. Please, please forgive me if I completely butcher your name. I am so You are perfectly correct. Samitha Gunturi is a women's advocate who helps others get through the adverse effects of their lives. And she calls that pain to passion purpose. Being a single mom working in IT and the corporate world for the last 18 years, she hopes to provide insight and bring new light to conversations around others' journeys with lessons she's learned. Thus, she started The Journey Podcast, guesting similar walks of life to her own, focusing on child sexual abuse, domestic violence, and haunted relationship, rape, child loss, suicidal thoughts, and lone parenting. Smitha, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Jackson. And uh, definitely good uh, things happen to your friend, to Jason, too. I'm, I'm happy to hear that he's well. So hi, Jason. Yeah, hi, Jason. Yeah, good. good. Uh, he'll be listening to this later. So, hey, Jason, what's up, man? Um, I know that he, uh, he yeah, he's just starting to kind of feel better, but he's not quite 100% and uh, camera ready, we shall say. So, but we're just going to kind of get on into it. But, Sumitha, it's, it's great to have you on. For, first of all, guys, if you're looking for a podcast guest, go to Podcast Guest Connection over on Facebook. It's a little Facebook group. Uh, I've been using it quite a lot. We've been able to find some amazing, amazing guests, such as Smitha herself here. And uh, so I, anyway, we'll just, I think we'll just kind of get on into it. Uh, wow. What what an introduction to start us off, first of all. Um, that's a lot to unpack. It seems like you've got a, a kind of a um, Kind of a crazy story. I'm hoping that maybe you can kind of just tell us and, and the listeners, you know, uh, about you. Yeah, as you just mentioned, like having one of those traumas in life itself is like too much to bear. Yeah. But having everything together and leading life for more than 30 years with all those things is a different level. Mm -hmm. And that's me. (laughs) Uh, First off, even before going into explaining about the traumas that I have faced or how I have come out. Mm -hmm. One thing that I wanted to tell everybody is like, there is definitely hope. Sure. Healing. And there is coming out of every trauma or like everything that you are going through, not every phase stays for long or like stays forever. So have patience, fight through it, fight for it. You will be given through any traumas or any problems in your life because God knows are the higher power or whatever you wanted to call it as it's, it's known fact that you are able to handle it. The solutions are already provided. It's all in you to actually dig through that solutions, find that strength within yourself to come out of that. Yeah, very, very, very powerful messaging uh, uh, off the start. We'll keep on going. I'm listening. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, let me start with the childhood sexual abuse. Uh, I'll be honest, I never spoke about this to anyone, any show. This is the first time I'm actually like opening up to this conversation. Wow. Yes, you are the first one that is hearing one on one and to the audience, everybody. So, uh, Sexual traumas or the childhood sexual traumas are something that leaves you a bigger scar than anything is what I feel. Because rape or something else might happen in an adulthood that you already know what it is or what is happening to you or something happening to you is wrong. All the other things that 
at least like the name, the few traumas that I have mentioned are something that happens while you are adult. So you already know or understand what is happening to you, though you don't have the strength to fight them at that moment, mm-hmm. but you know. But the childhood trauma is something like you don't know about anything. You don't know what is happening to you. You think that is normal. And that's how it started for me. Uh, the first time it happened, uh, I was eight, seven or eight years old. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I was with my parents, obviously. And um, yeah. this person is a known person to my family very much. Uh, he's about 55 to 60 years old. And he was a construction uh, building person, building management kind of a person. There was a construction happening in my same compound uh, yeah. where he was living. He was there working. And uh, every time I step out, he just grabs me and takes me in and starts playing with me. Oh. So after a couple of times, I actually came back to my parents saying that uh, it feels different. Because my dad kisses me, but my dad hugs me, or like my uncles, everybody was there around, my entire family. And I never felt that kind of a difference with everybody. So I came back to my parents, my mom and dad. Uh, I told them like, yeah, this is different. Yeah. I don't know what kind of words I have to use, uh, what I have to explain. I'll be honest, at that age, I was not even aware of good touch, bad touch or any of that. Right, right. So I don't know what is happening with me. So I told them like, yeah, this, this thing that is happening with me is so different. Unfortunately, when I was explaining it to them, not explaining, just mentioning it to them, I don't know what to explain. When I was just mentioning it to them, this person who was doing it to me was right behind me. Oh, no. He came running. He picked me up right in front of my parents and again kissed me on my cheek and said to my parents, like, hey, this your girl is reminding me of my granddaughter here. I'm for work and I'm missing my granddaughter a lot. And because uh, I'm just like, yeah, playing with her whenever she's... Uh, around playing time or whatever. So hope you don't mind about it. Little that my parents understood, they were like, they laughed it out and said like, hey, that, that's okay, you don't, you don't have to mind too much for it. Oh no. So for me, yes, my parents gave me a permission for it. Not to me, but indirectly for that guy, gave, he got a permission. So even if I'm going back to them again and explaining like, this is what happening with me, there is no such a thing as a bad thing that is happening to me. So for me, it's all right. That's how it is. So it continued for for quite a time. And there was another guy joined him after that. Oh. Uh, he was also doing the same thing. And little that I know, the first person already got the permission. And I know there is no point in explaining about the second person because my parents will anyway say that he's okay. So it happened for like three or four years, I believe. And uh, how I actually identified it is a problem is uh, when it is happening, I had some allergies, or that's what I call it as, allergies down there. And uh, when I was taken to uh, the gynec or uh, the doctors, they mentioned the panties that I'm using or the cloth of the panties that I'm using is not suiting for my skin. And that's why I'm getting allergies only at the place. And nothing was ever being even tested. Oh, no. So for me, everything is right again. So all that I know all the time is, yes, everything is perfect with me and nothing wrong. But after around 14 years or so, uh, I was molested by an uncle uh, inside my house. That's when I realized, yes, this is not correct. Because at that time, 
I'm kind of like, I know what it is. I hit my puberty. I know what it is. I know what's happening. I know the changes in my body. Yeah. So at that time when he actually first, that's when previous things triggered. And then I understood like, yes, everything happened with me is not correct. That gave me a sense of insecurity a lot. And growing up almost until up until I met my ex-husband, where I was searching for that sense of security, I met a wrong person, I have to say, because all that I know about him was when this guy is around, uh, nobody is going to talk to me. Nobody will come to me or approach me in any other way. Right. Because they think like, yeah, she is his girlfriend or like, yeah, he is waiting on her. So there is no point in going to her or approaching her with anything. So having this person around me for like six years, just explaining, uh, just continuously approaching me that he's in love with me and he want to get married to me. Mm-hmm. Having that kind of a person around me for like more than six years, I just thought like, yeah, this this is my ticket for security. This is where I can get security because all these years for, uh, for six years when this guy is asking me out or like, yeah, whether I say yes or no, whether I like this person or no, nobody's actually coming near me. Nobody was even daring to come near me to talk to me at all. Yeah. That could be my classmates, that could be even my uncles at home, knowing the fact that there is some guy like around me like a hawk all the time, they don't even want to approach me or like be close to me all the time. Wow. So I have this separation from the outer world because of this guy, which made me feel so secure and happy at that place. Yeah. For me, deep inside, I know that I don't like this person. I don't want to get married to this person, but I don't have an outlet of feeling that security from anybody inside my family. Right, yeah. So I I actually made, I asked my husband, ex-husband, telling like, if you are really interested to get married, in my society, there is no, no such thing as dating or like uh, love marriage or any of that sort. Mm-hmm. Like, if he likes, he goes to my parents, talk to my parents, through his parents, and marriage will be arranged. Sure. I yeah. told this guy, like, yeah, if you are so much interested in me, let's go and talk to my parents. If they agree, if they say, like, you are the correct person for me, or, like, say that you will be the perfect person, let's get married. I don't have any issues. But I'm not going to say that I'm in love with you or anything. Okay. I made it clear for him, like, yes, I am not in love with you, but if you really wanted to get married to me, regardless whether I love it or not, yeah, I'm, I'm fine because I have to get married to somebody at some point. Right. And this is the process that you have to take yes. to go through that. Gotcha. So knowing that this guy is giving that security for me is like, I'm not losing anything. I know he's controlling, but the controlling is for my security. That's that's what I felt. Gotcha. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm fine with it. And yes, we... We got arranged and uh, yeah, we got married. The first minute after marriage, when we were moving out of that altar, uh, the dialogue that came out from him is like, do you think that, uh, do you know any Bollywood actress by name Ashwara Rai? She's a Miss World. Mm. I don't know if you know her, but yeah, she, she is like a renowned actress too, but she's yeah. a Miss World. And he was like... Um, Quoting her name there saying, do you think that you look like an Ashwara Rai or something to make me roam around you for six years and you never even accepted my love or never said me that I love you? Now we are at my foot. I'll show you life. Oh, okay. So then I understood like, yes, he just wanted to marry, to show to everybody like I did not accept him. Yeah. But he's not me. 
Right. Gotcha. Okay. So knowing the fact, I even thought like, okay, I mean, whatever this thing happened now that I'm married, if I can be that perfect wife that he's expecting, things will be okay. Things will be all right. So I started doing everything, whatever he wants me to be. Even if it is his thought that he thinks like, okay, I have to be dressed in certain way. I just did it. Mm-hmm. He don't like me to have my hair loose like this. I never did that. He, even just for the case of it, like if you take a head shower and come out and have your hair like that, the immediate uh, comment that you will get like, are you a prostitute or what? Always have your hair oh. like this walking out. Oh no. Like, okay, no, I'm nothing like that. I just tie it up and walk away. Every little piece of life was controlled so much like that. And uh, less than a year, like in 11 months, I had my son. Mm. And, uh, I, it gave me a reason or, uh, to move on with my life saying, yeah. like, I have my son right now and I have to take care of him and there is no other world at all. He's the only thing that matters. Yeah. yeah. I stopped my education after my graduation. I did not study after that, uh, getting married and having my son. Uh, when I had my son and having this life going through this kind of negative journey, yeah, but it, it triggered me like I have to do something. I have to be financially independent or like I have to stand up for myself because I don't want my son to learn and be like this guy for some other girl. I don't yeah. want to have that life at all. If I'm going to sit in that four walls and keep crying forever, this is the same thing my son is going to learn. Regardless of whatever I'm going to teach him, like in that four walls with a crying face, telling like, hey, you have to fight for your life or you have to better yourself. Or I'm not being an example. Yeah. I'm just being that word. So I started, uh, I applied for my master's again. I started going to school. Very good, yeah. I completed my master's in computer sciences. That's what my introduction is like, yes, in IT world. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. So, yeah, from there, the minute I became financially independent, he started being so insecure and always questioned on my character. So mm. to anybody that I talk to, he has a question. He thinks that I'm sleeping with them already. Oh, goodness. So every work location, he actually makes friends and he makes them to spy on me without even them noticing or understanding it. Oh. So... If you know corporate world, we'll have like regular landlines. Regular yeah. landline number will be one and the extension will be another number, four digit or three digit number. Mm-hmm. If I'm not picking up my extension number, he called the very next extension number. Let's say, for example, if the extension of me is like 100, yeah. the next person is, will be like 101. The other person will gotcha. be 102. It will be like the series of numbers. Mm-hmm. So he just calls another number, another number until somebody picks and he asks me, there should be this girl can you please ask her to pick up the phone? She's not picking up the phone. And uh, if the other person says like, yeah, she went on to a meeting or like, yeah, she's with the boss or something. Is the boss a guy or a girl? How long is she in the room? Is there anyone else apart from her uh, with the boss in the room? All these questions are asked to the third person, not to me. I still have my cell phone in my hand, but I never get a call to cell phone. I always go to landline to check on me, saying if I'm staying in the office or I come somewhere else. He drops me and picks me to office. I was never allowed to go anywhere without him, period. Though I earn my ATM card or my everything will be under his control. I will be given my daily charges just in case if I have to eat some food in my canteen in the premises of my office, I'll be paid exactly the lunch money. 
I'll not be given more than that. Every need of me will be taken care of my, uh, by him. The dress that I wear will be given by him. Regardless of whether I like it or not, that's the only thing I can do. So this is how it started. While working in the corporate world started, uh, I heard that he's calling these extension numbers from a person sitting next to me. He took time to actually come to me and say that, of course, everybody will uh, take that sensible uh, timing, I guess. Yeah. He came to me and uh, said like, uh, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Was like, uh, do you know that you get calls? I said like, what calls am I getting? Then uh, he was like, exact timings, these, these timings are the timings that I get to call asking about you, whether you are at your desk or whether you are somewhere else. And I'm like, is that my husband? And he said, yes. So you are aware of it that your husband is spying on you. Oh. I said, yes, I am aware of it. And he was like, see, I'm coming and asking you. Not everybody can will come forward to say you that positive note like, hey, you have to take care of yourself. Some guys might be there to take a chance on you. Like, hey, she's already having a lot of problems. If I can show that little love, we can start a little affair or whatever that you call it as. Yeah. So you might you might need to go back to your house and talk to your husband to stop this nonsense because it is actually degrading your character in the office. It's just not with me. The same thing is happening with everybody around this place. If I'm not picking up the call, he's actually calling the other person. If not the other person. So almost all all of these guys know about your life. Yeah. So for me, I don't even know his name. Really? Then I asked, like, yeah. on, thank you so much for letting me know. So what is your name? And uh, hi, nice to meet you. I sit right next to him, like four or five feet away. Yeah. So wow. that's when I understood, like, yeah, this is what my life is, even though I'm there financially independent, so-called financially independent, though I'm not actually having my money to myself or any of um, the power that I need to have. Mm-hmm. So my only understanding about the other side world is U.S., I'll be honest, because my brother um, moved to U.S. even before my marriage, my own brother, yeah. and had the same kind of a background like mine mm-hmm. uh, in, in the education. So for me, if anybody can step out of the country, U.S. is the only place that you can travel to. I don't need to know that you can go to any other country or any of such knowledge at all. So yeah. my only focus is like, okay, I'm in corporate world right now, in, working in IT, so I can definitely go to U.S. So my only focus, working hard, everything is just like, yes, I have to leave this country so that I can leave this guy. Yeah, so you can get out. Mm-hmm. While this was happening, he started having multiple affairs with multiple women. All these women come home and... Uh, Everything was happening right in front of my eyes in my own bedroom. Oh, my gosh. Unfortunately or fortunately, whoever starts dating him, after a while being with him, they actually start being friends with me. I don't know how. I don't know why. They'll find my number. They call me. They tell me, like, this is what your husband is doing. So are you aware of it? And I I say, like, I know that he's roaming with some other girl. If you are the person, so what do you expect from me right now? Why are you calling me? After talking to me for a couple of times, they really become close to me and they say like, now we realize that we regret that we are doing this this thing to you. So we don't want to be friends with your husband. We are disconnecting that relationship or whatever it is. And they they give me advice like, why are you even living with this bastard? Why don't you just leave him and go? Yeah. 
And I'm like, yeah, I, I know that. I'm, I'm planning for it or like thinking about it. You don't need to know about the details. But yes, I'm t- trying to take care of my life. For all, these, for all those years when all these things happening, I don't want my son to keep watching all this drama. Right, yeah. So I gave up my son to my parents. So first seven years of my son's life was not with me. I go and visit him for an hour or two every day in the evening after he comes back from school, after my office is done. Mm-hmm. And then I'll spend some time with him. Once I moved into this IT world, I moved out of my uh, original native place where my son and my parents were there. So I used to travel every Friday night. I reach by Saturday morning to my native place. I spend yeah. Saturday, Sunday, Sunday with my son. Sunday night, I start again. My journey is one and a half hours. So wow. again, I go back on Sunday night to Monday morning. Monday morning, I get done and go to go strike to office. I did that for more than three, four years, every single week. Oh my gosh. So all that I was trying to do is like protect my son not to have this kind of life or he should not even know that there is something happening like this. Yeah. I don't want him to see that I'm physically abused by my, my husband. I don't want him mm-hmm. to see that I'm financially stressed out, emotionally stressed out or any of it. While this was happening every single time when I'm not listening to his words, uh, one time the abuse, physical abuse gone beyond a point. I was five and a half a month old pregnant with my second child after the son that I have right now. Uh, mm-hmm. He beat me up so bad thinking and saying uh, that the kid is not his. And the way he beat me up, left me on the road. Uh, I couldn't really like survive, but after my bruises came down a couple of days later, I had to go to office just to have a basic check on what is happening with the baby and realized uh, the baby has passed away. Oh no. Oh. So, I'm sorry. That's fine. Things happen. There is hope. That's what I started with. Yeah. That's tough. I I know. Wow. So, yeah, hearing that from the doctor uh writing an emergency uh note saying like I need an abortion right away. Mm-hmm. Because the baby passed away and uh I should they could not understand how I am alive here having a dead baby inside me. I mean, seems like it will not happen. If the baby is dead inside, the mother will pass away yeah. sooner or later. But I, I'm alive, but my baby passed away. Yeah. So I, I was rushed out to an emergency for uh, yeah, an abortion. I got my kid out and uh, I was actually requesting the doctor since it is five and a half months old. I, it is definitely known like, yeah, you can understand whether the baby is a girl or a boy. So at least I just wanted to see my baby. And she was like, no, I'm, I'm definitely not going to show her anything. And she, the way I thought was like, she's just uh, giving a heads up. It, it will hurt by seeing a baby like that. So it's not good to me or like any of that. Yeah. So I like she's just pushing me not to see it, but I just wanted to see it's my baby after. Mm-hmm. So I pushed myself, but she don't want to show. And uh, she, once the abortion is done, she left the operation surgical theater and then uh, the lady who was cleaning she does not know the conversation so she put the basin where my baby was in onto the floor started cleaning the table that's when i turned up and saw the baby uh i still remember that uh, the baby is not there at all it was all into pieces mm. it was like a big chunks of blood clots and the formation itself is not there anymore you can't even see that it is a baby or anything you can just 
think like if you keep it on a outside meat place or anything, you just feel like it's it's the blood of something. It's it's what it is. Yeah. It's just full of clot, clotted blood. So I I asked the cleaning lady to call the doctor in, and uh, uh, the doctor came rushing in and asked like, "Did you see the baby?" And I said like, "Yes, I did." And she was like, "I told you not to look at it, and I know why." Because the reason to suggest this abortion itself was that it was like a. I know what is happening. That's why I don't want you to see the baby. And I said like, "I'm not worried about the baby that has passed right now. I'm not going to give birth." to these pastor kids anymore. Yeah. Sorry, that words. I just told that and I told her like I am not going to give birth to any more kids. For me, I felt like I did something wrong. I'm I'm not able to protect my kids, so there is no point in bearing kids anymore. I forced I asked her like I don't want a kid. I don't want kids anymore. Let me get it out of it. You do surgery or whatever it is. I don't even know the procedures at that time. I told her she was like no I'm not going to do that it's it's not correct and it's not correct as a medical thing too uh, since you lost the baby just now you might be emotionally affected and yeah. I shouldn't think that I said like no I'm never so straight thinking perfectly I want this to happen regardless whether you do it or not if you are not doing it here I'm going to pay a little more to someone else somewhere else I'm going to make it happen I'm never going to have kids again If I really wanted to have kids, I'm, I can go and adopt a kid in future. But yeah. but thinking that I'm going to bear this guy's child again, I'm not able to accept that because it, it's not okay for me. It's it's not the correct thing for me to do. Regardless of her uh, multiple uh, suggestions and whatever those things are, uh, I forced her to uh, make a tube at me, operation on me, surgery on me. So. I decided I'm not going to give kids, so I, I just closed that. This yeah. guy was so furious on me. I did not ask his permission. I just did on my own. My parents were never supportive to me on anything, though the fact they know every bit of life. Uh, uh, my father knows about it actually, all of it. But uh, for the societal pressures that we have around, my father is like. I can't accept my daughter to be a divorcee in this society. Instead, I would rather prefer you dead. Oh my gosh! So there is nothing I can do. I thought, uh, okay, then let's let's be it. Uh, when I took the decision that I don't want kids, they uh, none of them actually. Nobody was there in the uh, hospital with me to even help me with anything. I was left there for uh, a week, I guess, five days or a week. I was just all alone by myself with the surgery. I came up and uh, continued with my life as if nothing happened. Fortunately, I got my uh, work visa and then I moved to the U.S. Uh, thinking like, yeah, this is it. I'm 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 leaving this guy. But I'm moving to the U.S. Um, unfortunately, my father passed away uh, with cancer just a couple of years back. Me moving into U.S. I'm sorry. Yeah. My my mother was left alone, but my kid was still with her. So I told her like, if you think you can't take care of my son, I would take him. But if you still want him as a change of your life too, because my dad is not there anymore. So she loved my son a lot, and she wanted to keep my son. She said like, I can. She gave me that um, 
help or like support from her side though she lost her life partner uh, she was mm-hmm. like i can take care of your son so don't worry about it so i i moved to us and i told her like i'm going to send the paperwork in next three months or so even my brother is here my brother can send paperwork for her i can send for my son so let's get my son after three months knowing that my husband don't want to send my son to us so he seized his passport okay so i asked my uh, that's the first time i ever opened up my mouth with my brother asking brother i need help yeah. this is too far and too long i need your help and he was like what exactly is happening with you like i don't have any idea because all these years he was abroad he was in us yeah. i was in my native i was in the other places with my work and everything so i explained a very little on a very high level to my brother saying uh, this is what happening and his he his first question was like does dad know about it what did he do and i said like yeah dad wasn't able to take the societal pressure he said like he don't want to help though he know he saw my husband with multiple women and everybody around the house was complaining about that yeah for me uh dad was that and my brother was broke and he was like let me let me help you with this he actually traveled for a week from here back to india to get my son okay yeah he went back he picked my son my mom and they came back here after coming here my ex husband started going to everybody around the family started crying saying like she was cheating on me and oh, you guys yeah. don't, don't understand that and that is the reason i was trying to control her uh, now that i understood i should not even control her all these mistakes have happened so forgive me and i wanted to go go back and uh, live with her everybody jumped on to my family saying like all these years she never ever mentioned about any of these things happening to her now that everybody knows we wanted to help her and let her husband go back to her mm. so all these guys again gave him a ticket to come here uh and stay with me back oh no so after me traveling here uh around a year timing he came back and he joined me back in first month he was fine he was quiet because it was like an year that we even properly spoke to each other i was never talking to him at all yeah after he came here for one month he was fine and the next month it was like more than before he started spying on everywhere he was not allowed to work he came as a dependent on me to this country so he wasn't allowed to work so he don't have anything in his mind to do so he was just sitting around in the house so whenever i'm there he behaves started behaving like a psycho mm. so with again with the physical abuse everything started back and somebody next to my apartment gave a call 911 complaint saying like there are a lot of noises crying noises or like physical abuse noises were heard from this apartment so and so so uh, the police came at 2 am 2:30 a.m. Uh, knocked my door and asked like what is happening. I wasn't having that strength or dare uh, to tell them like this is what happening. I just told them like yeah nothing is happening. He's watching TV. Mm. I actually like step out the boundary to say them or like stand up for myself to tell them like hey this is what happening. I need your help. I could not say that. <laughs> After a week passed, he understood that even if the police are coming in, I don't have. that in me to tell them this is what happened so he 
started going more than that. And uh, he started actually involving my son a lot, saying uh, to spy on me. And if my son is not actually telling what is happening with me when in absence of him, he started physically abusing my son. Mm. And uh, my son was around seven and a half years, eight years at the time. I was giving him bath every day to my son at that time. And uh, after a bit, I stopped. He wanted to do it by himself. And the one day I was telling him, like, it's so long that I gave you bath. Are you even cleaning yourself properly? Let me give you a bath one day. Then you can continue again for next one month or so. This guy was like not allowing me into the bathroom at all. And I thought like he's shy or something. And I was like, okay, let me at least like scrub your back and then I leave you continue your bath again. And he was like, no, 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 I'm not removing my shirt. Mm. And like, what is happening? Why are you not removing your shirt? And, and I just like pulled him to, towards me and uh, he, he just screamed in an odd way. Yeah. And I was like, what is happening with you? And I actually removed the shirt. He He was like, he don't want me to talk. He was just closing my mouth because he don't want my voice to be heard out. And I just whispered him, like, what is happening? And he removed his shirt and I saw the TV remote mark on his back. Oh, and gosh. What is happening? And he said, like, mom, this is happening every single day. He told me if I'm going to ever tell you this, he's going to kill both of us. And that gave me a breaking point. And I said, like, we are not going to live like this so please please bear with me for a couple of days I went back to the police station myself I walked in there uh, in that conversation with my son he actually asked me one thing before even I said that he was like mom if you think I need a father and I have to be with my father do you think he is the person mm. he is not the person to be a father at all can we please walk out that's powerful a seven and a half year old, eight year old son was able to ask me saying, is this guy needed in our life? And that's the first time my son was ever living with me and him together. He never lived with us before. Even for, for that little period itself, when my son was able to feel that, for me, that gave me a breaking point. Like, he's not worth it anymore. I don't want to give any more chances. Yeah. I walked to the police station myself the next day. Uh, the minute they saw me uh, with my address, when I explained it, they have my case registered by a lot of people around calling them 911, it seems. Mm. So they said, like, it's not one time we have got your case multiple times, but when we knock your door, you bet there is nothing. We were just having an eye on your house all the time and just waiting for the time that you can walk into us. Because we can't just come into you, though you are saying there is nothing happening. We can't just barge into your place and say, like, hey, this is, is this what happening to you? Yeah. So we were waiting for you to step up and come here. Now that you are here, let's take care of this matter. And that's how we were able to get separated uh, first. And honestly, when I was uh, getting separated, this guy started uh, threatening me, saying, like, do you think that you are safe uh, if you are not living with me or something like that? So, like, let me see how you are going to make your livelihood or anything. So every place that I work, everybody know me as like I'm, I'm some kind of a bitch. Oh. So he, he ruins my name with everybody saying like, yeah, she's characterless, she's that, she's this. And all the men tries to take a chance, whoever wanted to take a chance uh, with me. And the other men will say like, hey, your husband is talking too much to us. Can you ask him to stop talking? Mm-hmm. 
the person who wanted to take a chance, they'll be behind for some days with unnecessary comments, flirting and all these things. After a while, when I was, I, I was working in Cisco, after one and a half year time, one guy came up to me and said like, uh, I'm really sorry. I was actually, that was my last day with the company. I was partying and it was like a farewell given to me. And that day he came to me and he said like, I have to confess one thing to you and I have to say you're sorry as well. And I said like, what's going on? Your husband uh, told about you like you some kind of a bitch. And I've been following you for a long time to take that chance and to be with you for some time. It never happened and I never saw you anywhere apart from your house and office ever. But your husband was always telling that you drink a lot at nights, you roam a lot uh, around with guys and all. And I've been following you for one and a half years now and I never saw you anywhere. So do you think it's worth to live with that guy? That's what he asked me. Yeah. Uh, I know that he is complaining on me or like, yeah, he talks about me, but I don't know the exact width of the scenarios that he actually explains about me. So Anandal, I think he talked about 15 or 16 guys that I'm sleeping around so oh far. So I'm like, yeah, if I'm really able to have that many people, I would definitely enjoy that, I guess. Yeah. I, why am I going to sit in a corner and keep crying my life out like this? I can happily step. If I have that guts to enjoy with people like that, I would happily step out of you first. Forget about whether I'm enjoying with somebody or not. I can happily step out, step out of this jail and enjoy myself. Have my kid in a proper way. Yeah. But yeah, uh, after that uh, police conversation, uh, we walked out, me and my son. But anytime I move to a new apartment, a new place, less than a couple hours, this guy come and knock my door and say, like, I know you're here. Mm. Uh, so after a year and a half or so, I moved out of the state. I don't want to be in the same state, in the same area or like in the same localities, at least for him to drive through and understand that I'm there or something. Yeah. So I left the state. I moved to the place where I am in right now. Less than a week, I received a package from him to my physical address. Jeez. Uh, and I'm like, I moved out of the state. I did not tell anybody that I moved to so-and-so place. Apart from my own brother, nobody knows where I moved. Mm-hmm. So how does he even know about me? And uh, he sent, in that package, he sent pictures of me and my son. When I took, uh, those pictures are from my phone, where I took after leaving him. So how is he even able to get the access to those photos? I don't know. Yeah. So he sent those couple pictures and uh, he said like, uh, I'm missing my son or something. And I'm like, I, I took all those things with the previous record that was there with police and everything and got restraining order uh, strike for a couple of years. And then he stopped uh, talking to me on the phones or like calling me or like following me like that yeah but emailed a couple of times saying like yes i'm still looking for you uh he went back to my brother uh he said to them saying he changed now he started enrolling into college and he is also getting some education and things like that he's a changed person and he wanted to come back he's missing his son and so and so uh i asked my son again like uh hey seems like your dad is looking for you seems like he's missing a lot and my son's only word was like who is that person? Mm, yeah. 
he never called him since then my son never called his father as father or like that he says that person i don't want to talk to that person i don't have anything to do with it. so when my son was around 14 year old uh, i thought like okay then there is no point in just keep dragging it so let's get divorced so when i was uh, getting those things some of those details i got an email from him saying i know that you are trying to divorce me do you think it is so easy mm. i'm not going to leave you and i'm going to fight for our son it's going to be a custody battle get ready with the money and though since i am a dependent on you my life is is also on you and i'll hire the best lawyer ever mm. so what i thought is like uh, i met many lawyers actually and the last lawyer that i met was in that field for about 50 years he was 90 years or like 80 plus years old oh, wow. I, yeah he was not even able to walk properly that was a free consultation given by him i wrote an email to him uh, saying my story like a couple paragraphs or so i wrote a very brief explanation about what is happening to me and he said like let's meet for 30 minutes and see what i can help you with so the only uh, when i stepped he took only like 6 minutes or 7 minutes to tell me he did not use that 30 minutes at all he was his only question was like uh, are you dating i said no do you have any boyfriend or like do you want to get married and i said no then why are you rushing to get divorced right away I'm like yeah i thought it's time i mean it's been a while that i'm living outside of him more than 4 or 5 years by then so i thought like yeah I man i can just get rid of that and move on with my life then again he asked me like what do you mean by moving on if you don't want to get married to somebody or like go on a date or something how is this marriage on a paper is still bothering you if he coming back to you right now with your restraining order definitely he cannot come back to you and he is not coming back to you he went back to your uh, brother saying that he is the best person again but he is not coming to you right yes uh, he did not approach me directly in any way So I told him like yes he did not. If that is the case uh being in this profession for so long I don't want you to waste your money with all the financial crunches that you have I would give you one suggestion just wait for your son to turn 18 years. Mm. When he's okay. 18 years there is nothing as a custody battle and there is no property between you guys to share or anything. Then it's just a piece of paper just an application fee for you to go to court get by yourself fill the application put it there and you're done. I really liked that idea. I thought like okay then why am I rushing out? There is yeah. nothing that I have to do with that paper. So I just left it. My son's 18th birthday, my son got the application diver spam to me saying like this is my gift to you on my 18th birthday. Mm. He yeah. gave it to me and he was right next to me when I was filling and he made that signatures. When we went for the court hearing, uh even the judge asked like I did not see any property or like any custody battle but I understood that you have been living with your son all by yourself for past 8 9 years so far. Mm-hmm. Aren't you going to uh, have this um free custody money or something they call it as because all these years I'm the only person taking care of my son without him getting involved in anything. So she said like I can go back and get all that money for you so you have to just write those details in. since how long are you being alone how much did you spend on your son or any of those details are like just give me a number so that i can write the number here sign it 
So he has to pay that money to you. And yeah. she actually saw my son sitting right next to me in the audience when before I move into that space uh, to talk to her. Then he was like, "Is that young man your son?" And I said, "Yes." And he, my son, was also standing behind me, and uh, he was listening to her. And I just looked at her and I said, "Look, I don't need anything. I don't need a single dollar from him. I need him to sign the paper, and I'm, I want to be done with." She yeah. said, "Like I'm going to." write that on the paper i mean sign this paper right now you will never be able to fight that money in your life are you okay with it and i said yes and she stopped for a she paused for a second and she looked at my son and she asked like hey your mom is deciding here saying that she don't want any money so how about you he just laughed and he said like i'll agree with my mom we don't need any money just sign the paper we wanted to leave wow okay she gave the uh, paper signed my divorce uh, notice is that what you call us i yeah. don't know Wait. <laughs> something like that yeah divorce decree yeah she she signed that we took it and uh, we were just walking out we found her like outside at the courtroom after and she said like and I, i have seen many cases these days but i never met anybody not to want a single dollar from the other person and you were so strong in your life just keep your heads up and move forward and like yeah definitely i'll keep that in my mind and that's how i was able to come out of that haunted relationship that's what i wrote there and my domestic abuse relationship since then yes i'm i'm a lone parent and i'm a happy singly ever after oh my goodness <laughs> smitha you just took me on an emotional roller coaster I, I hope you, I hope you understand. Like I really think that there could be a movie or something made of this. Trust me, just, I'm actually planning for it. I I hope so. I hope so because I. That I mean, movie actually, yes, a, a series kind of a thing. Yes. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. talking to media people. I'm so glad that you are. That makes me so happy because <laughs> your story deserves to be told to everyone. I mean incredible sense of resolve and strength there's no way i could have made made it through something like that i think you are absolutely incredible and i i just wanted to say one scenario actually uh the early stages when i walked out of my relationship i'm in with my husband 2010 yeah, yeah. 2010 august september period uh all my friends uh my friends are nothing but like the work colleagues they know that something is happening bad with me like this uh, and uh looking at my husband complaining all these days and things like that and i walked out of the relationship a uh, couple of girls came up to me saying like hey i think you might need a therapy why yeah. don't you see therapy that would be a good thing for you i don't know what they actually do i mean the ter- therapist do i said like okay let me give it a try nothing wrong in that right i mean if somebody wants to just uh, hear my story out and help me in whatever the way they can i don't know what they can but let them help me if they can yeah so i actually took an appointment uh with a therapist and um, uh went there uh her first question is like okay uh explain me what is your situation what kind of a help that you are expecting and things like that so i all this story this lengthy story i told her in like 10 15 minutes or even less than that around 10 minutes i guess i was able to give a very very brief uh, explanation yeah. this is what my holistic life is 
I never spoke about my sexual abuse, childhood sexual abuse, to be honest. But other than that, the complete my domestic abuse relationship and everything, I just told her. Uh, I thought this is what my story is, and she asked me like, okay, what kind of help are you expecting from me? Where do you want me to start? And uh, I told her like, this is what I want to do for this year, because I just walked out of friend. This is what I wanted to do. which is like yeah getting my financial stability and so far he's the person who is actually taking care of everything i don't know a single thing how to even lead my life for any any of it if i'm given completely financial <clears throat> financial freedom yeah. i don't know what to do so first i wanted to learn for this year and he take care of my son get get to a better school and things like that then next 5 years this next 10 years this this is what my goal is She she was looking at me. I was even trying to explain like uh, how I wanted to do that. Yeah. She she started writing initially. She closed the book and she said, "Who suggested you therapy?" I said like, "Yeah, my friends who were in the work location. They just told me like, you have more clarity than me on your life. There is I I don't think there is anything that I can help you more than what you are today. So do you really need a therapy on your?" Uh, Uh, name because when you are going for your for divorce at the time I was thinking about the divorce so when you are going for divorce I don't want this to be on your uh, name where when they dig back your husband can even say like yeah this girl is like mentally challenged or whatever that is that he can twist it he yeah. can well say like yeah this girl is going for therapy counseling she is actually bad I'm been telling to everybody nobody is listening to me he can twist that. and i don't want this to be on your record i'm going to cancel this you can move on with your life but anytime if you just need my help if you think that you really need my help you can always come back and have this but to me to listen to you now and to see you i don't think you need a therapy or anything you have clarity you have strength you know what you wanted to do just keep going just keep going that's right so, yeah i i was never in need of a therapy too that is absolutely wild and, and insane i am yeah like i said beyond speechless at just that story i mean just the trauma and going through and thinking that you uh that this was something that you you should be used to at such a young age with multiple men doing what they did to you and i and going through what you did with your husband and and i i straining order and everything i wow That's just Thank you. Thank you for coming on and and telling us this story. Thank you. I, I really do appreciate it. I I think you're an incredibly strong woman and I I think that's awesome. I'm going to call my sister after this and tell her about this story and she's going to be inspired. <laughs> <laughs> But um anyway, yeah, I just I just had a couple follow-up questions and I mean, I honestly don't know how I could follow up that that story but i just had a couple quick ones if you still have some time are we still we're going to run over anything are we okay you can talk to me how much ever long you want okay all right bye i just left this evening open okay good good um i know we're running on a longer episode but stay with me guys this one this one's too good this this podcast episodes are so far too good to just to let go um so I, what does pain to purpose mean for you. I know you gave a really big explanation, but if you're like you have your little elevator, you know, like pitch that you're giving to people and talking to people about your story, what what is basically what's pain to purpose mean? So I said the pain to passion 
passion to purpose. Pain to purpose. purpose. You're, you're, yes. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Is, uh, no, no worries. Uh, I, in a shortcut, I mentioned like, yeah, pain to purpose, which is correct. The reason I say is like, there are a number of women that are struggling with at least one other thing in their lives. Mm-hmm. Two things that we are always afraid of. One is fear of freedom that should come within yourself. We always think like, uh, have that fear to cross that line. I'd ask only one question. What is that you're going to lose if you cross that line? If you are failure after that crossing, the thing that you are already present in, there, there won't be any change. You are going to fall back right in the place where you are at. But if it is going to be successful, you have to never look back again. You don't have to look back again in your life at all. You can just keep moving forward. And that one step to cross will give you the confidence in your life that you can never imagine. You will not understand that it is existing within you so far, but you still can move forward with that one step. That first step is so hard for you to decide and move forward. Yeah. There will be some kind of a triggering point or a hope that is given to you, which is present right in front of your eyes all the time. It's just that presence of mind and patience for you to find that spot, a reason for you to hook on and move forward. Everybody will have that reason. Everybody just stays back and cries, sit in the same place. In While crying, yes, there is nothing wrong in crying. You cry how much ever you want. But clear your mind, at least like after a bit, and then try to understand what is next. How long are you going to sit there and cry? What is the root cause of where it is coming from? You are not into that situation just overnight. You travel in the, into that situation for so long that you don't even understand what the root cause is. For me, when I say like, yes, I moved into this domestic violence situation and I bear him for so much, so long, because my root cause is my security, insecurity feeling. Hmm. I don't have a proper person in my life to give that security to me. Even today, why I came onto this show, talk about my childhood sexual abuse, though I say this is the first time I spoke about it. Three years back, my son was showing me, my son and me are like very, very close. There is no topic that we don't talk. We, we absolutely share about everything, even yeah. his friends, whatever that is, it doesn't matter. I only told him from his 12th year or so, the only thing that I ever tell him is like, you first be financially independent to get a girlfriend. That's when you get a respect. That's when you get to understand what the women really need. Then you understand how to respect a woman as well. Apart from that, I never stopped him for anything. Even that, I did not stop him. I just gave that sense of feeling for him, how to be respectful for a person by himself and how to respect his partner. Yeah. Regardless, whether it is a girlfriend, whether it is a friend or like anybody, doesn't matter. When a girl is right next to you, you keep your hands to yourself. You don't have to keep your hands on them. If they wanted to come and hug you, just be in that limit how, how you hug. Just don't grab them because they gave you a chance to. Yeah, They are coming to you because they trust you. So teaching him from that roots or like from that age gave him an understanding. So coming back like yeah, three years back, he shared he was sharing a video about um, a sexual abuse happening to some kids. 13 kids were talking about their abuse that was happening. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was a talk show kind of, and every kid was talking about their experience for two to three minutes. Yeah. He showed that video to me, and uh, without even me noticing, I started uh, 
crying a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. And when he started with me, I usually cry even watching the Cartoon Network. So yeah, that's me. It's it's okay. I understand. So even a normal Cartoon Barbie movie are like uh, whatever these these movies, Tangled or any of those movies. Yeah. I actually cry. So yeah, he was like, I know that you cry, you get emotional by even watching a cartoon movie. Uh, but right now, the way you are crying is feels me so different. Mom is something wrong with you. I couldn't tell him for so long. I think I was crying for more than a couple of hours without even saying a word. I was not talking anything. The video was stopped, and he was just right next to me, just holding my hands, hugging me. And, I, and after a while, like an hour, hour and a half, two hours, I just grab my words just to tell him like something like this happened to me when I'm a child. That's all I could say. I just told him that. He hugged me so tight for the whole night. We both were sitting in the sofa yeah. and he, he was hugging me and he said like, mom, I know that might be your, might, your parents might not understand or like you might felt like yeah they failed you or whatever. I am here now with you. Nobody is going to come around you to to give any discomfort to you. I'm I'm your man. I actually call him my mini dad. <laughs> you you always call me my mini dad, right? I actually call have his contact and everything as mini dad only. And That's I very cool. That. Yeah. I call him that from his childhood. So he he was like, you call me mini dad, right? So let me take care of you like your dad. This was supposed to be from your dad, which you missed, and I'm going to give that to you. And you're never going to worry about anything in your life hereafter. And that's, in that conversation was when I felt like, okay, he was the one actually triggered that uh, thought to. Now that you're telling this to me, you're not able to collect the words that what happened to you. But if I ask you to start talking about your story to others and tell them like, there is hope, there is life after this, would you be able to do it? Yeah. I said, like, yeah, what do you mean by that? How do you want me to do that? I was actually talking to other women about domestic violence, abusive cases, and all those things, but never about this subject. He was like, no, if you feel comfortable, try to make a podcast. I'm like, yeah, go to YouTube channel or I'll do anything for you. All the techie things behind the scenes right now for me, for my podcast and everything, he's the one who takes care of it. Hey, give, let's give a hand to him. That's that's fantastic. That's <laughs> that's awesome. Cheers, cheers to the tech guy. I, I do that for our podcast too, so I, I can level with him. <laughs> he, he is way too much into techie. He is like a techie savvy. He he is a media person. He makes songs. He makes uh, YouTube videos and things like that. So yeah, he enjoys that. He is behind the scenes person for me. He sounds very talented. You must be very very proud of him. Definitely. Yeah, he he's, he's he sounds absolutely amazing. Well, that that's oh, wow, that's fantastic. I'm so I'm so happy for for that and for you and and uh, and, and for your for everything that you you know been through and have the strength and, and the courage to 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 talk about all of these things and go on to these different podcasts and and do your own thing. And actually, that's, that leads me right to my next question. So I understand you got you, you got your new podcast, right? It's just started up. Maybe uh, would you like to tell us about that for a little bit? Yes. Uh, everybody, if you have heard the monologue, I don't know if you got a chance to hear that or not. I watched it right before. Sure did. I actually oh. have a question about it. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. 
everybody has like a number of uh, traumas in life. Uh, some people might be just like the suicidal thoughts or some would be like uh, bullying or anything. I chose my podcast to, when I, when you asked me the previous question, pain to purpose. Mm-hmm. I wanted to focus only on these topics that I have thought. So the reason being, I know the root causes. I know the fears. I know how people think. At least a part of it may not be everybody's mindset, but again, majority of it are like most of the part that I can think through. So when I'm talking to my guests or asking questions, mm-hmm. as a listener, being in that situation, I know what kind of questions that I wanted to ask a person. So I chose only that. And also when people say like, yeah, uh, you might have heard this being in this industry now for quite a bit. Who are your targeted audience? When you are explaining about these traumas, why do we need a targeted audience first? I needed help. I, In this journey, I was homeless too. I did not tell that, but yeah, I was not able to give every detail because it, it's going to be a day longer, even more than that. Sure, sure, absolutely. But yeah, I was homeless for a bit. I was standing on the road with my son uh, without understanding where to go and what to do. I had only a $20 bill in my hand uh, that was given to me for my food for that day. Uh, but I picked my son from the school. Uh, I have gas in my car, who has just started driving from uh, uh, Fremont or Pleasanton that we were living at the time in California towards LA. I started driving without understanding where I wanted to go. I picked up my son on a Friday evening. So when my son got into the car and I, I was not actually going through uh, the house uh, roads, my son was like, where are we going? We are not going to home right now, right? I said like, yeah, we're going for a drive. He was super excited. He was like started dancing, shouting in the car for a bit. And then he fell asleep. Yeah. I drove as as far as I can, which is like LA at the time. I don't know where I was going to, but just started driving towards the freeways and Italy. Mm-hmm. When I was close to LA, like Riverside, I believe, uh, next to LA or like close to LA, I believe so. Yeah. When I was around that spot, um, there is nowhere that I can go. I was I just parked the car because it was too late at night. Even I was feeling sleepy. I, I parked the car in a open parking lot on a, uh, a mall. I was just sitting there and uh, my son was like half asleep. He, he got up and he said like, Mom, where are we? And I said like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking for a room. We came for a vacation. Mm. Little that he understood, he just asked the question and fell asleep back. And I was like, I don't want to disturb him until the morning. Because he's going to get up and again ask me, like, yeah, where are we? And things like that. And in the morning again, when he got up and I was like, okay, I'm, uh, seems like rooms are full here. So, yeah, I'm still waiting for somebody to make it and then we can go inside, which is going to take like around 11 o'clock or something. Uh, the room uh, service available. He said like, oh, okay, then can we eat? And I have only $20 in my hand. I, I don't know what to do with it. I said, like, I'm not hungry. So can I get you something? He asked me for a burger or something in London at the time. I got him in and out and he ate that and he was like super excited to have that vacation only with me without his dad. Yeah. So he did not even understand that we don't have a room. We are on the road and we are, I don't know where to go. He did not realize any of it. I was just standing there. After that day passed, one of my friends called because they know that I never step out of the house. They did not see my car in the parking lot and they were like, hey, where are you? We thought like you had to stop by. I said like, I'm not in the house. I saw your husband around the corner. So uh, without him, you never go anywhere. And now you're saying that 
you're you're not there at house and i said like yeah don't ask me too many questions i'm not home her husband kind of caught a little from that voice and uh, he picked up the phone he is actually my friend more than her he yeah. picked up the phone and he was like what's happening with you and i said there is nothing and i i used to share my location with them so he looked up and he said like you are out outskirts of la what are you doing there where is your son my son was like talking in the back and he was able to hear him and said like mm-hmm. oh i can still hear your son so where are you exactly i said i don't know what do you mean by you don't know and i i can see you that you are in outskirts of la oh is this la i don't know this is la then he was he did not ask me a single question he said like uh, i'll call you back in 10 minutes he disconnected the phone he gave call back in 10 minutes and uh, before that he sent me a text of a hotel address he gave me a call in 10 minutes back and he said like i sent you address just go there and so and so room is booked on your name just stay there he did not ask me a question where i was why i went out or like what is happening with me nothing he just answered that he booked the room and he told me to go there and wait there i said like okay but yeah my son whatever he, his mind was like yeah that we are going on a vacation and i'm going to get into the hotel we can true for him he was so happy and we enjoyed the studies literally like in peace after the two days i that's when i came back and i went to the police station directly saying like yes i just needed that one day peace of mind to actually think through on what is going on yeah you need it to process everything so yeah that's where it is man oh yeah Yeah. <laughs> we could keep wrapping it up. We could keep wrapping it off, wrapping it off, but I'll I'll tell you what. I have just one final question. I won't keep you too too much longer. And and that's just um, you know, where can we find you? Tell everybody what you got going on right now. Take a moment you want to plug anything. Obviously, your podcast, we're going to put a link to it down in the description below. Um, but just, you know, any final any final thoughts, words, what you got going on? You can find me anywhere with my name Smita Gunturi. Mhm. Try YouTube, YouTube of course, uh, my journey podcast, the link for now. And uh yeah, all the other medias it's just my name Smita Gunturi. I'm actually creating my own website right now. It is under construction once I am done with it and post it as well. And uh yeah, final word as I said if there is a problem given to you, the solution is also within you. have that patience have that trust within yourself you don't need too many people to believe in you you don't need actually anybody to believe in you you have to believe in yourself people say like yeah your shadow will follow you but even the shadow will go away in the night that is not going to stay with you the only hand that is going to wipe your tears is only yours get that strength you will be your whole person and you can move forward with anything that is happening in your life take it from a person who has these many things happening there is a light at the t- end of the tunnel power powerful words indeed smitha gatri thank you so much for joining me on the podcast like i said and you you're an inspiration you're an amazing woman yeah i'm very uh the uh, shout out to shout out to her son uh, what's what's your son's name if you don't want to give it out i totally understand No, no worries. Uh, Rohit. Rohit, a shout out to Rohit. Uh, super. Uh, from, 
sorry, he, he calls himself Ro because everybody butchered his pronunciation. So, right. yeah, Sounds Ro. good. Shout out to Ro out there, man. Jim, for one tech to another, uh, <laughs> I love what you're doing. And, uh, you know, I, your mom's super, super proud of you. I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. Guys, you can find this podcast where all podcasts can be heard. We're literally everywhere. We're on Anchor. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google. We're on Spotify. We're going to put a link to her podcast, uh, Smith's podcast, uh, The Journey Podcast, down in the description below. Link to her YouTube channel as well. Guys, be sure go check it out. Go see episodes of her podcast. Um, uh, of course, like and share and favorite this one. Uh, we really do appreciate it. But thank you, Smith and Gaturi, for, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Have a wonderful night. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.